Welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. We are back, back with a vengeance, as today we have the wonderful, the delightful, the musical Jason Barnard here to talk with you all about rich results and structured data markup, why the block construct is so important to Google and what it means for your rich results the changing relationship between rich results and traffic to your sites, and thinking about structured data beyond clicks. Plus, we take a look at what you could do after being hit by a core update. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the always chic, the never-pedestrian, Sapir Carabello. <sighs> never-pedestrian? you got to come up with a better, I don't know, description, Morty. Yeah, I think I think our little break made you rusty. Okay, I thought that was I thought that was hip. I'm like disappointed. I right thought now. that was she- really. I was super excited. Well, you know what? Fine, yeah. we're going back on break. <laughs> we're done. Okay, I, I can't. I give up. I'm back three seconds, and you're already criticizing me. <laughs> you're three seconds, rusty. we're back. I'm... Rusty. I thought that was great. No, all right, no. fine. You know what? I don't care. <laughs> Wow, I feel That's appreciated. Right. You should. Okay. I care more about other things. I have more to do with the podcast than me hyping you up. Like, please. Yeah, you, you need to You don't have a you Twitter need, account. You need, I do. You but do not. I do. You I actually, do? I do. You're high. Cause but it's a... <laughs> re- wait. <laughs> Where is it? I'm not Because people you. mention you on Twitter all I know, the time. Actually, and, like, I actually, I saw... And just for the record, mm-hmm. I love Goonies, okay? Yes. Just for the record. Okay, okay? Andrew. Sloth, she loves Goonies. Yes, Andrew. Sloth is my is my ultimate, you know. But I'm sitting <laughs> here like reporting back every time someone mentions you as part of the podcast. Like, oh, hey, Sapir, look, someone likes you. Is that amazing? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and you had a Twitter account this whole time. Uh, it's like, it's like, you know, it's not a real Twitter account. It's just uh, I use it for, you know, to this be a stalker. Is, this is pathetic. I know. Okay. Well... A lot of banter, getting back into it. Let's move on. Do not forget, we again put out an episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. Of course, you may subscribe on iTunes. Okay. Uh, oh, also, while we're here, while we were gone, rather, we, as in Rank Ranger, we have released the Circulator. Ooh. Best name ever. All right. Gets a thought of that name. Gets a thought of that name. Huh? huh? Uh, right here. The Circulator. <laughs> um, the Circulator, by the way, is a free tool. You can find it on the Rank Ranger homepage, by the way, under resources. Um, and it lets you preview your metadata on the SERP. So if you're writing a title, you can see, oh, am I going to get truncated? If you're writing a description, am I going to get truncated? And it's up to date with real day, average day, average every day. There we go. I got it out. <laughs> the average every day description and title length on the SERP. So it's constantly changing and we give you the average and we the SERP later will tell you if you're truncated based on that day's average. Also, you can use it to fetch any, yes, fetch any <laughs> title or description, title and description from any URL. And you can see Super it right cool. there. Super, Super cool. cool. Free tool. Preview your SERP results with the Serpulator. <laughs> I've been waiting weeks name. to do that. That's a great name. Thank you. Yeah. The Serpulator. <laughs> um, okay. So before we get going, we're back 
but with a slightly different format, less to do with, hey, you know, we took a month off, we've, we've rethought this podcast thing. Although we did update the banners, I didn't show you yet even. Oh, really? Yeah, we took your one, you liked oh, them, we I'm used it. Uh huh. I know. <laughs> I'm saving it as a surprise. When the episode goes live, you'll see it. Okay. Okay. Um, but we are doing a format change because I'm on my way to LavaCon. Or by the time this gets released, I'm already on the plane back from LavaCon in Oregon. Or mm-hmm. as people from Oregon say, Oregon. <laughs> we have someone here from, from that state. He's, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Oregon. He's like, what the heck is Oregon? It's Oregon. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> chill out. Um, <laughs> Oregon. So... Because of that, I won't have time to do the podcast. I didn't want to push off another week, so we're doing it. Here it is. Here's the episode, but with a little bit of a different format because we're recording slightly in advance, mm-hmm. like a week or so in advance. Mm-hmm. So we can't do the news. Sorry, up here. Because that would be pointless. I'm why- absolutely devastated. Are you really? You seem very happy to have to do the news. Really? In fact, you told me, yes, I don't have to do the news this week. Can we do this every week? Why are you exposing me like this? You exposed my, yourself. My and this heart is, just is getting broken, weirdly sexual right now. <laughs> what a what a weird twist of fate. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're not doing the news because what's the point in giving you news that's already like two weeks old? Right. Right. So we're not going to do that. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, but we'll do news in the future. Ah. Yeah, just in case you were worried. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I know we haven't done this in a while, okay? I needed a break, to be honest with you. So, okay, so in case you didn't know, Morty Oberstein is Jewish. You thought, what, you thought I was Irish? Oberstein? <laughs> okay, and, and there's a lot of Jewish Who holidays. Someone actually thought you were Irish? No, it's a, a joke. So, it's not funny, see? A joke needs to be funny. Because it's Oberstein, like, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know. O'Donnell? No, I don't Forget know. It. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, I okay. It was a, there was a lot of Jewish holidays, so I had to take, I, I had to take off anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, if you follow um, SC Roundtable, you saw Barry Schwartz, same thing. I'm on break. <laughs> Everything is automated. <laughs> I'm not answering comments, signing Barry Schwartz. <laughs> so uh, it was that, and I needed a freaking break, to be honest with you. I was mm-hmm. burnt out. Mm-hmm. I took off. Like, I, didn't, like, I didn't read SEO News for like a day. <gasps> for like a day? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I, look at, I, I barely <laughs> looked at Twitter for like a week. Really? Yeah, I needed a break from Twitter. Twitter is like... Twitter's a lot of work for me sometimes. Not mm-hmm. that I not that I don't love all of you out there who follow me who I interact with. Just mm-hmm. I needed a break. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But well, caveat: I didn't take a complete break because there's no way to be totally disconnected. Like I don't think that's even possible. But okay. Um, and and one of the things that I saw when I was disconnected or slightly disconnected made me think it'd be a great topic to go down the SEO wormhole with you. Okay, so okay, I didn't totally disconnect, blah, blah, blah. And during my limited Twitter time, um, one of the things that caught my attention, even though I was on break, uh, was a statement from Gary Ilyish. I think I was, I, I think I pronounced that right, actually, Gary Ilyish, over at Google, who said that um, bad links to your site are not what's behind being impacted by the core algorithm updates. In fact, I personally don't think that links in general are what's behind the core updates. I think the core updates are, in fact, the, the antithesis of, of links, so to speak. Mm-hmm. 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 You're like, yeah, what's that about? <laughs> Elaborate. Elaborate. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the core updates are all about Google trying to go beyond links and look at content or sites or pages 
more um, in- intrinsically, more qualitatively, because as I just mentioned, or I don't know if I just mentioned, I can't remember what I just said, but I, as I have mentioned many times, links are an indirect signal. It's like judging a, a meal based upon how it looks, right? It looks great, but in theory, it could taste like an ape's anus. That's a disgusting example, but I'm oddly impressed. You're oddly impressed by, <laughs> by my <laughs> metaphor? Yes. Right. Or my simile, rather, uh, to be more precise. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it's disgusting. It's a, uh, it's you, you get my you point. Know, it's a good example. It's a good example, exactly. right? You, come on, you've had that, right? It looks amazing. It even smells good, and you taste it like, oh, my God, <laughs> what the hell went wrong? <laughs> anyway, okay. Ah, uh, boy. I know where, you know, this is, this podcast thing is fun that we're back after. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, it's not what I wanted to talk to you about exactly, okay? Because as much as we could talk about links and the future of links and core updates or whatever, whatever, what got me was, or what I want to talk to you about was rather. So based upon this, I tweeted out something like, yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. What Google's saying here makes sense. It's not about links or bad links. And I got into a conversation with Dr. Pete Ramaz about this. And we were both getting a little bit perturbed, frustrated. <laughs> I'm slightly annoyed, righteous anger mm-hmm. about the fact that when, when Google talks about the core updates, they say, there's nothing you can do here. Just write some good content. Everything will be great for you and your site. Let me push my glasses back up my nose here. <laughs> uh, it's like, and we're just like, who's ridiculous? Like, who, who seriously? Like, that, that's, that's your advice? <laughs> okay? Like, that, that's it? That's all you get? There's no ray of hope in this. Just write good content, and if your content's not, if your content's good and you still don't rank well, tough noogies for you. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about that. It just doesn't make any sense, right? Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Why? Ask me why it makes no sense. Why it makes no sense? You what? forgot a word in there. Why does it? Right? I don't know. I'm just right. following what you say. What? Let's try that again. Ask me why it makes no sense. Why doesn't it make sense? Because. If you think about this, if you look back on SEO, let's say over the last, I don't know, year or so, okay, and, and you think about what's driven the conversation, there is nothing as rich and robust. It sounds like a bag of coffee. It's rich and robust. <laughs> There's nothing as rich and robust when it comes to driving the SEO conversation as Google's core updates. Okay, think about it. Let's just run through it, okay? What's driven the renewed focus on EAT? The core updates. And what's driven the conversation about the quality rater guidelines vis-a-vis the algorithm? The core updates. And what's driving the conversation about the importance of authority? The core updates. And what's introduced the notion of Google being able to take a more qualitative look at content and profile your site? The core updates. Yet, we're supposed to believe there's nothing to learn from the core update. It's like, nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Yeah, I get, to what, quote you, Star I get Wars. what you mean. They they should give people more credit than that. Right. Come on. Like, you're, you're, like this is like a little bit silly, right? Right. I agree. Okay. So um, I, I'll, I'm gonna try to put some like teeth on this. Okay. I'm gonna give you a case on the last core update, the September core update. So I did a piece analyzing the update before my hiatus, and one of the things I saw was an interesting little pattern with financial sites that lost ranking as a result of the update. Yep. Okay. So there seemed to be a lot of loan sites when I was looking through the data. I'm like, oh. That's peculiar. There are a bunch of loan sites in the mix here. So let me look at those loan sites. Now, again, what I'm going to say here, my little caveat before I talk about Google's updates, 
what I'm going to say here is one little piece of data, one little sliver of the overall algorithm pie. I'm not defining the algorithm. I'm not saying the algorithm. I'm not saying the algorithm was about this entirely. I'm just pointing out a little tidbit of information that it pulled out. Okay. Right, right. So I look at these loan sites. I'm like, okay, let's see if I can find a pattern with these loan sites. Because it's again, odd. Not so odd that it's financial sites, but so many loan sites I thought was a little bit peculiar. Right. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things I saw when I looked at all these financial uh, loan sites, rather, was that there seemed to be a lot of there seemed to be a lot of um, pages offering a lot of content. I Meaning the content was not thin; it was really long, really uh, prolific, substantial-looking content. Okay, you would not consider this thin content. Yet I got hit by the update. I'm like, okay, so it's not about thin content, which I didn't think it would be. Mm-hmm. But it's just so interesting that you know this looks like really good content. I'm not sure why Google didn't like this site. There weren't so many ads. There weren't so many CTAs. I'm like, I don't really see anything here. And I was gonna give up. I was gonna give up, but I didn't. I persevered. <laughs> And I said, oh, I realized the problem here. Because what I did was I looked at the sites that were not impacted. And I actually started reading every single line. That was really annoying. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. And and what I found was is that the the really good sites, the sites that didn't get hit, Whenever they talked about a loan per se, like there's these always th- imagine all different sorts of loan types, small business loans and whatever loans and this kind of loan and that kind of loan. I have no idea, okay, about these things. So let's take small business loans. That's the one I looked at I'm in particular. So one of the like when the good sites wrote about it, when they talked about the loan itself, not like okay, not overall, of course there's gonna be marketing c- content and all sorts of CTAs or whatever on the page, but when it, they talked about the loan itself, all you got was hardcore information. Hmm. Okay, you didn't get any marketing talk, any marketing lingo. You didn't get any like you know backhanded like, hey, you really should get this loan from us. It was simply like hardcore, straight up, no frills information. Right, right. Really good information. The other sites, even though there was a lot of good information on them, mm-hmm. okay, and there was a lot of long content, prolific content, substantial content. Every once in a while they would write something marketing-like within the details about the loan. Like, why this is a really good idea for you to get this loan. Mm-hmm. Or another thing I saw was that sites tended to focus on not what the loan was about, but how you can go about getting the loan through them. Oh. So also, the good information, solid information, but not about the loan itself. Mm-hmm. It was information like, it's already steering you a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it was really, really interesting because what it looked like to me was, so Google was almost as if able to pick up on tone, as if to say, we we saw that you put in some marketing information, some marketing tone, some marketing words in here. The tone of this content, if you want to call that, is not purely informational. There's a little bit of marketing tinge in it, and that's not what should be here. For these kind of sites, for these kind of users, they deserve to see straight up information so they can make the best decision. They shouldn't have any emotional coercion through your marketing talk. Um, overwhelming them in any way shape or form follow me mm-hmm. okay so really crazy stuff right? i mean it's a it's a type of analysis that i think google's trying to do forever and i think now they're able to actually do it i mean they're, i remember one line was like here's here's what this loan is a b c d e f g and this is a great idea for you to do if you're doing a b c d e f g I'm like, bingo, like Google was able to pick up on, 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 that, on that switch from information talk to marketing talk. I think Google's been looking to do that forever, obviously, and I think it's here. 
that's like a whole new level of, of, of nuance when profiling, when looking at content. Again, it's almost as if Google was able to pick up on the tone of content. And if Google did not trust your loan content, well, you know what happened. I'm sure you're going to tell me soon enough. Well, you got slammed. Mm-hmm. Well, not slammed. You lost rankings, okay? Now, not to toot my own horn. I'm actually saying this in, in all um, for practical purposes. Mm-hmm. After I wrote this, a few people wrote to me and said, wow, that was really helpful. Oh. Yeah, that is really. Yeah, by the way, like uh, all joking aside, my podcast persona aside, it's always nice to hear that. Yeah. Because first off, what what I did was like it was the theory, right? It was like okay, this is my analysis. I could be totally off. I could not be totally off. I don't think I was off. I had a good enough reason to think that I wasn't off, obviously. And, and you never know. So it's always nice to hear when someone says that really helped me. Right. It's very fulfilling. Good job, f- Fulfilling. Very fulfilling. Fulfilling. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it, may, it does make it all worth it in reality. It is, it is, at the end of the day, mm. this podcast persona aside, right? I'm so happy. Yay, charismatic. <laughs> it really is about just- Charismatic. Yeah. Where? Hey. Okay. Hey. <laughs> it really is about trying to help people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I'm like, hey, this actually helped people. This is great. But that's so weird because how could it help people if Google, Google's telling you, there's nothing to do here. Nothing to learn here. So basically, everything I just said, just throw it out the window because Google said there's nothing to learn from the core updates. There's nothing to see here. Move along. And that must, it's, it's just so bizarre because with each, I've, with each and every update, not every update, but many of these updates, I'm walking away with insights that I never would have thought before about how Google approaches a site. And I, I've looked at unconfirmed updates and I've been, I've been analyzing this stuff for years already at this point. I'm telling you from my personal experience, the core updates are just like rich beyond rich. It's like a gold mine of information. So it's why it's so bizarre to me that Google's saying, nothing to see here, move along, just write good content. If you're not relevant, well, you're not relevant, tough noogies for you. And it's got to be so upsetting to people. Right. Because there is something you can do. There is nuance. There is things Google's changing. And it is possible to get a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on. Right, right. So I, short, long story short, I think it's time for a revised approach to the core updates and how you go about talking about them, my dear Google. I actually agree with you for change. Wow. So unfortunately, I can't make any snarky remarks this time. Yes. <laughs> so shall Success. we move on? Success. No, I'm going to gloat in that for a minute. <laughs> no. So basically what you're saying is that was so amazingly awesome that you have no qualms about it. <laughs> right. And that there's no critique. Right. There's nothing bad you can say about me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have a now. giant ego. I am completely <laughs> oversensitive. Obviously, it's, it should be clear. Oh, really? oh, like some yeah. people I know. Oh. Yes. Oh. Not talking about you. Okay. So from what's beyond your control, not to what is very much within your control, your appearance on the SERP as a rich result. So here's Jason Barnard on structured data and your appearance on the Google SERP. Cut one. Welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview session. Ooh, do I have a delicious treat for you today. He is a top-notch SEO consultant, an industry author and speaker, and he has the best pipes in the entire industry and fittingly he is the host of the seo is aeo podcast he is jason barnard welcome hello thank you for having me i like the the best pipes it, it makes me sound scottish but i'm not <laughs> so i i don't want to insult you then i'm sorry no 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 being scottish would be great okay I'm, I'm fine english 
Being Scottish right now would be kind of probably better. Yeah, I I feel you. I feel you on that. I I, I love singing uh, and the doing the SEO with AEO podcast and singing that introduction is so much fun. So fun fact about you: I was investigating you before I have you on the show, and you have an IMDb page, don't you? Oh, I do. Yeah, um, that's because I was a blue dog um, ten years ago. In fact, from two thousand well, no, nineteen ninety eight to two thousand and eight, I played. I did a voiceover for a blue dog. Um, in fact, I did five characters. Wow. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I did the blue dog. Uh, I was my own mother, my own <laughs> father, my wife's grandfather, my wife's father, and my daughter was my sister. It, it's really, <laughs> really weird, isn't it? But it? That's amazing, though. Yeah, well, we were doing a cartoon, and we had just two characters, me and my wife. Right. Uh, and, we, and, and we did it for uh, three, three, four years. And then we realized that we couldn't keep the series going if we didn't have more characters. Right. So we invented the character. But we were living in Mauritius, which is a tiny island just off Madagascar. Wow. Uh, and I, I advertised for voice talent, and there wasn't any. Okay. And we were doing it in French and English. So not only did I need voice talent, but I needed bilingual voice talent. So we ended up saying, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to have to do it ourselves. So I started doing all these other voices. And my, my daughter, we roped her in to be... Um, the blue dog's little sister um and I, it was a really good laugh but a bit weird <laughs> but it, it, i i I'm, I'm i haven't found the cartoon yet i'm tempted to really like dig in there and find it is it on youtube yeah th- there's a few things on youtube there's a, a a song called uh tiny little tickly ants and that goes tiny tickly tickly ants walk on me walk on me walk on me tiny little ants they make me laugh ha 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 <laughs> Like I said, best pipes in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> For kids' songs, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so, so anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about rich results after right. from from voicing your own cartoons to rich results. Just to get us all on the same sort of page, when we talk about when we say rich results, what in the heck are we talking about? What is that? Well, I've been saying rich snippets. Oh, sorry, not rich snippets. Excuse me. I've been saying rich elements. Okay. Uh, because for me, they're just elements within the page. And right. For me, it's a little bit confusing when one says rich results. All results in Google are now rich in the sense that all the SERPs are rich. Right. But technically, yes, they are individual results. We will be talking about individual rich results. Um, the idea of a rich element for me is uh, the position zero, the uh, knowledge graph, Google My Business, maps, uh, images, videos, uh, carousels. People also ask uh, the FAQs that have completely gone nuts. Oh, in the last yeah. Few- Unbelievable. Um, but all of this stuff uh, is, is coming out and is making Google's results richer and richer. So whether you call them rich results uh, in their globality or individually or rich elements, I think rich elements is nice because it will tie into something we'll be talking about later on, which is blocks. Right. Uh, that right. idea of an element is very important. I've been talking to lots of people about that, and we'll come to that later. Okay. So I'm, I'm probably going to steal a rich element because I like that much better than a rich result. So I will, I'll source you on that. I'll make sure to give you, you a shout out. Yeah, because I like that. It's good. Well, I've been on my own up until now, so I've got I've got some support, which is great. Okay, great. <laughs> I wonder if we can talk about it for a quick moment, just again to build up the the understanding for the general wider audience out there. The rich element has become sort of one of the uh, the talking points of SEO, a cornerstone of SEO, if you're going if you want to call that now. How has that happened? Yeah. How have we gotten to the rise of the rich element? Well, well, how how has it risen? Is is because uh, users want this multimedia content um, and Initially, they were going to the Google results, seeing those 10 blue links and clicking through. Yeah. And what Google's been doing is moving it onto the SERPs, which is logical for Google. 
a lot of people are complaining about it, which is completely understandable. But if Google's aim is to get the user to the answer to their question or the solution to their problem as quickly and efficiently as possible, it's clear that it's got to be on their results for them. Yeah. Um, after that, you have a whole question about will people continue to create content uh, to feed uh, Google that's just going to put it on their, their, their search. And that's a whole question that we can dive into later yeah, on. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, we definitely will. Go, go, if, you, if you're looking at, and I, I keep saying empathy for Google, and uh, Gennaro Cuofano from Wordlist was saying, you don't have empathy for a, a, a behemoth of a company like that. <laughs> but empathy, not in the sense of thinking, I care for them. Empathy in the sense of understanding their point of view. Absolutely. And I think that simplistic empathy or that, that neutral empathy, or neutral empathy, we'll call it that. Oh, that's good. Um, is incredibly helpful for, for us as SEOs and digital marketers to know what we should be doing, what we can be doing. If we understand what Google is looking to do, we can understand what we need to do to fulfill its needs. But yeah. also leverage off our own benefits as much as possible. Before it was clicks. Right. Now it's uh, impressions and visibility and brand with some clicks. Right. Exactly. And it's a funny thing because if you don't have that sort of empathy, and I, I like that, you're, you sort of get stuck in a rut of complaining, why is Google doing this? How is this happening? And this is really annoying, but you never take that step forward. Okay, so how do I swallow this and what do I do to move forward? Which I want to talk to you about later. I do want to get to that. Okay. Um, so we're on the same page, so to speak. I want to get into you have a three-pillar approach to all of this, um, a three-pillar construct. And one of them, that, one of the foundations of that you just mentioned is blocks. So you think in blocks, you talk about blocks um, in regards to rich elements. What exactly is that that you care to sort of explain what that is and how it relates to the block relates to rich elements? Yeah, well, uh, I, mean, I, I love the idea of blocks. I mean, I've been talking about it for, for a couple of years now. Um, but in fact, it, my concept of blocks, initially I was saying chunks. Okay. Uh, and then I met Jono Alderson who said, oh, no, no, they're blocks. I, I preferred blocks. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll become a block user. A block uh, And Cindy, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> you can be Ian Jury. <laughs> then we have uh, uh, Cindy Crum, who says fraggles. Right, exactly. Uh, you've heard about that. Sure, um, sure, sure. Which is, which is much more nuanced and yeah. very, very interesting. Uh, and I was talking to Dixon Jones, who actually pointed out to me that Microsoft used the word chunks. Okay. Interesting. So if I'd been working on Bing, I would have been using chunks and been fine. But because it's Google, I'm no, and it's Bing. No one cares. So we use <laughs> we use blocks. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the, the concept is if we think in blocks, it all makes enormous sense very quickly. Uh, if you look at the web, the, the the World Wide Web, your website is simply a block within that World Wide Web. Within your website, you have categories that are blocks. Within those blocks, which are categories, you have pages, which are blocks. So we've got block within block within block within the World Wide Web. And then you go into the page. If you're using semantic HTML5, everything in there is a block. You had your aside, your article, your footer. Uh, but also H1, H2, and H, and the paragraph that goes with it, that's a block too. Um, so we've got blocks within blocks, within blocks, within blocks, within the World Wide Web. Then you dig into the, all, all the rich elements we've been talking about, which is tabular data, videos, audio, uh, images, image galleries. Uh, all of these are blocks too. Uh, and in the case of a, a tabular data, you've got block within block within yeah. block within block within block. Well, that's and like then, then I get lost. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, it, 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 it makes so much sense when you think of it like that. And as a human being, it makes sense. But to a machine, it makes even more sense. And why is uh, that? Because it needs to think... Uh, in terms of relationships between entities. So each block is actually 
not each block is going to represent an entity, but it is an entity right. with a relationship, which, which is it has a child or a parent or both or a, a sibling. Uh, so that, that idea of, I mean, if, if we look at knowledge graphs and graph theory and the fact that, that all these machines now are working uh, on graph theory, entities connected to each other by relationships, blocks makes perfect sense. And if you look at linking and the page rank, it's actually an entity which is a page but also a block linked to another entity which is a page and also a block with a relationship which is a link right. um, whereas a link doesn't really have any uh, meaning as such it can have a meaning as in i am partner with but right. in fact the link is completely neutral it doesn't say i am partner with or is my client or uh, is a reference to me or whatever it might be um, so kind of links, you suddenly realize that although PageRank has been around for years, it's actually pretty feeble and weak. Yes. Um, when you compare it to the idea of entities linked together with relationships that have specific uh, descriptions about them. Um, and, and, and that's really, 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 really powerful. And if we then link that back up to the rich elements idea, Cindy Crumb's Fraggles, that, where that differs from the block, and that's why I like it, is because it's a block with a handle. She calls it a fragment right. hang, handle. Um, and it, I, you can't see it on the podcast, but if you imagine Google <laughs> reaching in with it and from the top, it grabs a handle and it just pulls the block out and sticks it in the SERP. Yep. And if it wasn't thinking like that, it couldn't do it. Right. So fundamentally, we're all thinking, of, well, we need to think in blocks because that's what Google is leveraging to make these rich results or rich, um, sorry, pull these rich elements into the rich results. Right. So basically you're saying um, that the block is what allows Google to sort of pull out the rich element and put it onto the SERP. Yeah. Yep. And it also allows it to construct in its mind, in inverted commas, the world or the, the web, sorry, as blocks with a relationship. So it's entities with relationships. Um, and if, I mean, I don't know if anybody listening to this has done any um, MySQL or SQL databases. You have to define all your relationships and your, your uh, and graph theory is, is, is you have an entity with a relationship and you don't need to define it. It's very flexible and very fluid, very powerful and can scale, which is the problem Google's always had. And now they can scale in, incredibly fast and incredibly yeah. well. And the, the the fact that we're seeing more and more of these rich elements, I mean, they just keep coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean, right. But I, I wrote an article in Search Engine Journal which explains how they gain their place. I, I did mean, see we won't that. Go into that. Right, right, right. Yeah. The, the mean, bidding system. Look it up. Yeah, the bidding system. And it, it's yeah. bidding uh, a value to the user in the context in which the user finds themselves or the context of the user query, um, which is brilliant. And then you say, well, that's Darwinistic. And <laughs> Google couldn't possibly write multiple algorithms for all these different elements. What it's done, it's got the same algorithm with, with different weightings yeah. and probably different factors. Um, I would imagine, well, I don't know, I, I, won't, I won't go too far in the, but, uh, and the idea is, and that's for content creation. If, if, you're, if you have a video that doesn't bring enough value to the user, it won't get its place. But if you can prove to Google that it has value for the user intention, it will get a place because it, it bids, it will make a bid of value. Ah, sorry. No, so uh, funny sort of question. And um, so I'm, I'm really big into entities. And it's like, what am I? It's like I'm on a soapbox about entities for like the last year or so. <laughs> and. I wonder, it just, it just kind of hit me now as you were speaking. Do you think Google looks at each block, let's say the, the header or the, the main body itself, each block as its own entity of sorts? 
Meaning it's it's analyzing each in its own sort of way as it as it would in each individual entity. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Cindy Crum is uh, absolutely convinced, and I would agree with her that Google is now indexing in blocks. Yeah. So uh, a page is a block, but then it would also index a block within a block. I mean, if you, if you look at WordPress, if you look at Gutenberg in right. WordPress, um, that's a really useful way to visualize as a human being what's going on. And once again, people are complaining about Gutenberg, but you say it forces you to structure, it forces you to think in blocks, and you're feeding a machine, you want the machine to send you traffic. If you want it to send you traffic, you have to present the information in a manner that it can digest yeah. easily. Um, and I was talking to Jono Alderson about schema markup, and I mean, he's completely obsessed. Right, right, right um, I saw that. <laughs> rightly so. And, and he's saying that it just allows this, this whole machine to scale and to move much, much faster. Yes, yeah, uh, I, th I think it's a funny thing that people don't realize that Google has resources and has limited resources. Besides being a behemoth, it does have resources that are yeah. limited and it wants to make it easier on itself. Which is kind of fun a funny yeah. thing because Google said that they can do some of the things or they've alluded to that they can do some of the things that they're doing with rich elements via machine learning. They don't need the markup per se, but through machine learning understanding, they can do that sort of thing. But I, I'm wondering what your thought is on this. Do you think that Google will move in that direction? Or for the sake of simplicity and for the sake of saving resources, it's always going to rely on the markup to easily pull those blocks out? Well, I mean, well right now, um, I mean, I, I tend to look at schema markup as being uh, a way for you to confirm to Google if it's correctly understood what's in your page. Okay. Um, and I, I was talking, once again, Jono Alderson, same interview. Um, and he made the, the, the nice analogy of saying, initially, Google asked us for keywords. 20 years ago and then they said oh that's spammy and they got rid of them and then they said we don't need schema markup now they're saying well actually we do need schema markup because they need it for the precision right um, and i think because for two reasons or maybe one reason i can't actually think that far ahead um they they're going to need that precision and naturally as human beings we don't give enough precision and if they can provide us with schema markup name value pairs that encourage us to think about the precision we can give the the the, the attributes and the information we can give to get very granular why would they stop yeah i mean i can't think of a point at which for a product uh, it, it would get stop getting granular and if you look i mean moving it slightly aside what are they doing they're using reviews to pull out attributes of entities and yeah if you look at something like um a free wi-fi in a, in a coffee house if i search for that often it will come up as part of a review the free wi-fi in bold right. because product and business owners don't give enough detail and users will tend to express things from their point, their problem, their pain point, uh, which is what, what they're expressing in search, which makes a perfect match. We've kind of gone a bit off topic there, but I think that idea of granularity and precision, which is Jono's word, is, is, gives a long future to skin markup. Yeah, just to, just to sort of go back down that wormhole you just brought up, I think it was um, a couple of months ago, I was talking to Greg Gifford about this, or is it Mike Blumenthal? I don't remember. Um, either way, in the Q&A feature in the knowledge panel, either way, it's a, it's a great local expert, so whatever, don't worry about it. Brilliant. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the local panel where you have the Q&A feature, they were saying that Google's starting, when you type in a question, Google's starting to give you back an answer from reviews left within that panel. So that's another, okay. yeah, that's Google loves having that easy access to the information and it loves using it in all different ways. I agree with you. It, machine learning can do X, Y, and Z, and that's great. But if you can do the same thing, it, it, there's no advantage in, in the machine learning. In fact, I would say there's a disadvantage at this point, but let's just say Google does somehow develop the machine learning that can create that refinement 
at such a level, mm. but why would they do it themselves if they're, if they're going to have you do it for them? Uh, yeah, exactly, 100%. I mean, and I think also, if, some, if somebody like Yoast is doing this properly, and they are, they're, they're doing a phenomenal job, and just looking at you, I'm completely blown away. That's just on WordPress with Yoast, that's 14% of the web. Yeah, that's Google true. are investing heavily in WordPress, so that's only going to increase. Uh, Yoast also do something for Typo3, Joomla, and heaven knows what other platforms. So you end up, Google, Google are now looking at it and saying, actually, we've got this heavyweight, uh, no offense, Yoast, sorry, uh, behind this. Uh, and, and they're doing the, the job that we, or as individual developers, weren't. And I think that's phenomenally great. I, I don't think there's anything to criticize Yoast for in that. And I no, have heard you saying, you're doing it for us. And I, I don't have to make all these decisions. Conclusion. Uh, schema markup is going to be around for a while, uh, and anybody who isn't doing it today uh, is liable to miss the boat. Yeah. Um, okay. Let, let's definitely um, we could go this for, for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. But we don't have time for that. What I want to do yeah. is sort of jump over to the other side of the equation. That's the the fallout of all of this. Um, one of the interesting things I've seen out there is that when people talk about schema markup and, and the rich results or rich elements, it's the increased traffic to their site that it brings. But I'm wondering if we're sort of, um, are we moving away from that paradigm? For example, you have the things like the how-to or the, and the FAQ markup, and the FAQ markup mm. is a behemoth. It's just, first mm. of it's amazing, it's prolific, it's whatever, but it's also going to answer questions right on the SERP. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the feature snippet where the answer box, the position zero, whatever you want to call it, was this, it had its kind of heyday a couple of years ago, uh, and everyone's going, oh, you get more clicks, this is yeah. amazing, you get to leapfrog everybody. And the explanation of how you leapfrog is actually in that Darwinism uh, search engine journal article, uh, which actually explains, or Gary Elliott explained to me, how that feature snippet decides whether or not to put that feature snippet. And initially, they were getting loads and loads of clicks, and all these new rich elements have come in. Uh, the clicks are going down, and now people are starting to panic. So that kind of the, the gold rush heyday has gone. <laughs> I like um, that the gold rush, right? And and I mean, we're seeing more and more in that in that feature snippet spot videos. Yeah, yeah. the direct link to to the right answer to the exact part in the video where the answer is. Um, I mean, if, if I'm lazy, which I am, I just click on the video, listen to the answer. That's right. Away. That's it. Um, so. Yes, uh, yes, we're losing traffic. We're all losing traffic. Um, and then maybe maybe we need to change. Well, we definitely need to change our perspective. But maybe a good way to look at it is to say, my website is one representation of my brand that I control. Right. The SERPs is another representation of our brand. For brand SERPs, obviously, when somebody searches my brand name, but also whatever keywords I'm appearing for, I now need to brand them. I need to make sure that I'm getting my message across. And it's now not just saying, oh, I've got to get the keywords in and I've got to get this incredibly sexy meta description to get somebody to click. Right. It's, which, it's not only those, but getting, getting my brand message in there so that even if somebody doesn't click, they've read it. Uh, and making sure, I mean, the 10 blue links are dying out and the question yeah. is how fast. Uh, Google are replacing them bit by bit as it can. When the content becomes available at the moment, it doesn't have so very much, let's say, video or images or as much as it maybe would like. Oh, actually, images it does, sorry. With uh, images, I think it's 80, 80% of SERPs. Yeah, it's crazy. Or something like it's that. unbelievable. But um, that, that's because we've all been taking photos for the last right. 10, 10, 15 years with our phones. So there, there's loads and loads and loads of images out there, not so much video. So if you're looking to rank today, you'd probably do better looking at video and saying, I want to represent my brand 
through video in Google search. Yeah. I mean, look, even the audio content, right? The pod- yeah, yeah, podcasts are out there. Now. Yeah. I mean, there's how, yeah, how uh, there's very, I mean, all things being equal, there's very little audio content out there. I, I would agree 100%. I, I've said to a couple of clients, why don't you think about doing a podcast? And yeah. they say, who cares about podcasts? It doesn't rank. <laughs> and, you know, well, and, and then that's the point. It doesn't rank because Google doesn't have the content. Right. Um, and so we're looking now as saying we need to create the content that fills these multimedia gaps that Google's super rich serves. Uh, demand because users are demanding it. And if you're saying, I have, I want to get this to click through, right? you're trying to force a user to spend more time, which isn't actually in the user's interest. So if, if you go even further than saying, well, Google's being nasty to me, you're saying, well, actually, Google's being helpful to the user. And at the end of the day, uh, the, the user doesn't want to click on the link oh. either if, if they can get the answer. So, and then, sorry, to move that for, further out, you're going, and your, your social networks are a representation of your brand. Your reviews are a representation of your brand. So if we take a step back and say, I have all these representations of my brand, some of which I control completely, some of which I control partially, some of which I can influence, that would be the search. Uh, you, you, you aim to hit all of those to communicate your message, your brand message, why you should buy from me, or what we're offering, why you should buy from me, and then they get to your site. Right. Presumably, when they're ready to buy. So, how do you do that, though? Because I mean, obviously, reviews are great. Obviously, if you get the feature snippet for the video and you make sure that that thumbnail in the video has your logo or whatever it is fantastic. But what are what are some ways you've seen people be a little bit creative with this and getting their message across or their brand presence across via the SERP features or the SERP itself without the click? Um, for the moment, I don't think many people have had many great ideas. To be honest, agreed. Um, it, so it, I'm it's asking. kind of a new idea. <laughs> and it, it, when you talk, I mean, I, we're probably, uh, we're either clients ourselves, i.e. Uh, we sell stuff on the web or we're a, a web, uh, sorry, a, a digital marketer. I say to a client, right, now let's talk content. We've done the technical stuff. We're indexable. We're crawlable. The speed's okay. Uh, don't have to really worry so very much about that, apparently, finally. It's, you know, and it is that, that thing of diminishing returns. If you've got your site under two seconds, then... The person who's clicked through from the SERP is still concentrated more or less on what they were doing in the first place. If yeah, it's yeah. over two seconds, they lose the context, they start looking around. Or um, so once you're under two seconds, that's I mean, obviously I'm being terribly general. The, the, there are a lot, there are diminishing returns in pulling it down and pulling it down and pulling it down. And then you say, okay, what happens when they land on that page? What do they see? Then you say, what content can we create to get ourselves onto the SERPs? So you're saying you've got this, this 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 idea of creating content to pull into those rich element spots, and in fact to create them for yourself. Right. It's not saying who's got the spot that I can steal it off. It's saying which uh, queries don't yet have this rich element that that would benefit from it. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And so you kind of say, then you say, okay, and and something I'm talking to my clients about is a, a, a multimedia. Strategy. So they say, oh, I'd just like some blog posts. And he's saying, but there you're competing for these 10 blue links, which are now no longer 10 blue links. They're six blue links. Everybody else is competing for that. You need loads of links in, into your, 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 your page. You need to optimize it. There's going to be loads of investment to actually get anywhere near that top page. Mm-hmm. But if you say this uh, could do with a video and it doesn't have one, create a video content for it. Right. Uh, if, if you think audio is going to be better, do that. If an image gallery, a gallery would do, do a good job, do that. Uh, if you can get a featured snippet, obviously you want to optimize for that. But it, it, and then you kind of say, maybe my content strategy is 
a series of content, which can be a blog, each, each episode. I mean, I, I've just written some Schema Markup for that with a friend of mine, Hugo, um, to say my podcast is now a creative work series. I can't remember what the exact thing is because he actually did the dirty work, not me. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it contains multiple episodes. And each episode can be audio, text, video. So you've got speakable text as well, obviously. Right. Uh, audio, text, video, whatever, uh, images. And, and you end up with this, I hope, I mean, this is my kind of yeah. imagination running away with me. I hope that you get this coherence that you get with a TV series or, or, a, or a series of films or whatever it might be, uh, where you say, here's my body of work and here are all the elements. And each element is specifically the one that is needed for that specific type of query or the query, the, the, the topic that, that it's dealing with. And leaving ourselves open-minded that it might be text, but it might also be audio, video, images, or whatever else. I mean, I've run out of ideas there. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's it for now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there will be more. I mean, 3D presentations. Right, for, holograms, for whatever it is, right? Yeah. Well, they I mean, have that now. They have 3D images on the SERP. I've only seen them like once or twice, but yeah. Really? Uh, oh, great. Yeah, there's a, a couple of months ago they came out with some sort of like 3D AR image on mobile. So if you you can like oh, put okay. a shark in the back, you know, in the back of your office. I have I have no idea what it's for, but it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering what that was behind you. All right, right. <laughs> uh, my kids <laughs> left that there. <laughs> yeah, and so we're, we're moving in. Google's moving into a multimedia world. We need to move into yep. a multimedia world. And if you think about, I mean, this is the example I give. If you think about Yahoo, it's this human curated set of multimedia results that might adapt to you if you're logged in, but it's human curated. Google is starting to do and will end up doing exactly the same thing, but on a query by query basis. Right. Um, on a case by case basis, depending on the context. Uh, and you're going to end up with this multimedia page in front of you that will contain many of the answers you're looking for. Right. And as digital marketers, we we can't just complain about it and sulk and and hide our heads. We need to figure out how to deal with it. And, yeah. And I, I think it's two things are obvious. One is we're never going to get that traffic again. And the other is uh, the traffic we are going to be getting is going to have to be much more qualified. And we're going to have to start looking at other um, methods to drive that traffic. Unfortunately, all these big uh, Facebook, Apple, Twitter, they're, they're, they're becoming more and more walled gardens. So I, it's going to be tough. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as we were saying earlier on, people haven't yet come up with the good ideas. That doesn't mean to say the good ideas aren't going to come. No, it's going to, it's going to be very, I think it's personally going to be very, very tough. I, I, I think it's like, um, sort of like the music industry where when Napster came around and then you finally had to get iTunes, whatever it is, the album is dead. No one makes albums anymore for the sake of, I'm going to sell a ton of records. I'm going to make my money that way. And I want to download the album. I want to download this song. I want to download that song. And the artists are making the money through touring now. The, the yeah. music will always be a media but it's a different form of media. Whereas content, we sort of think, well, this is how we made web content 10 years ago, and that shouldn't change. I think it's a little bit silly. Yeah, I mean, that, that idea, and that's quite interesting, is with music, bands used to sell loads of albums. Now they make very little money out of Spotify. I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, the Blue Dog doesn't get much money no, for singing these. That's terrible, I'm sorry. Uh, and the Blue Dog doesn't tour, but the idea of touring is taking it offline again. Um, 
And you see with people like Greg Gifford, who are now saying, you know, I've been in local search for years, not me, him. I've been, he's been in local search for years and years and years. And now everyone's talking about anti relationships. He's like, I've been working like that for years because that's yeah. all it's ever been. Right. Um, and, and now when you're talking about local search, a lot of it is now going offline. Have a gala so that people kind of come to your place so that Google can track your Android phone and, and see that there are lots of people at your place. Uh, get them to give reviews online so that this, this offline and online are kind of merging again, whereas we spent 20 years being kind of isolated yeah. in our little bubble online. And that's over. And that's yeah, probably oh, part of, yeah, it's part of the, the reason we're all resisting because it was nice and comfy. It's hard change, change isn't it? It's not easy. It's, I mean, I personally think that the top level content, like if you're a weather site and you're offering the temperature outside in New York and Philadelphia, whatever it is, that's dead. I don't need you for that. I don't want you for that. I'd rather not have to click on the SERP. So the whole idea yeah. of content, a top level content or, or surface level content, in my mind, I know I'm going out on a limb, but that's dead. If you want to write content and write about, write about weather trends and weather analysis, deeper level content, that when the user really does want something that Google can't offer, I don't think it can, at least not yet, because the SERP is not built for long form content. It's, it's built for a quick snippet here and there, then that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah, and, and that comes back to, and, and that's a really good way to see the idea of qualified and non-qualified. Right. Qualified is somebody who's really interested in the subject. Unqualified is somebody who just wants to know what the weather is today. Right. Uh, and as you rightly say, you don't, I mean, the unqualified traffic, what does it bring to you except a cookie and maybe the possibility to annoy them incessantly online as they surf around right. with the iron that they've just bought anyway and you're still throwing, kind of saying, buy this iron, buy this iron. That's, <laughs> that's one of the most frustrating things in life. Okay, sorry, so that's my pet hate of the day. Sorry. No, no. I, what was that? I'm sorry, I missed you. Well, the idea that kind of I'm looking for a fridge, right? And then I and then I buy a fridge, but I visited several sites, and they all stick a cookie on me, and then oh, they right, right. remarket me. And you say, I bought the bloody fridge. Right. <laughs> I love that, right? I love that my Facebook feed. It's like that. Sometimes I'll I'm manipulated on purpose. I'm looking to buy a product, so I'll search for tons of related queries to oh, it. Wrong. And then I get tons of ads, which is great. It's what exactly what I want. But then it takes a little while for them to realize like I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so with that, let me just ask you, what's next? Where where do we go from here? Because it's you're right. Because Google Google is obsessed with adding media onto the SERP. Yeah, I mean, well, I think where we go next is what we've just been saying is looking for the qualified visits uh, as opposed to the people who are just kind of curious about the weather or looking for the size of of, of a t-shirt or whatever it might be, uh, creating quality, interactive multimedia content uh, that is truly of interest to users. And um, once again, I mean, check kind of Jonah Alderson, my favorite person at the moment, just because <laughs> I listened to the podcast yesterday, uh, was talking about the idea of rather than looking at content, looking at solutions, saying, what solution am I providing? Right. And that's, that, that's an about face in our heads, which is perhaps difficult but once you've done it it just makes so much sense yeah absolutely i'm providing solutions google is is trying to provide solutions i need to indicate to google prove to google that i have the correct solution the best solution for its client and we often forget that these people are google's visitors and clients they're not ours right and if google wants to send them to us that's its prerogative uh, and complaining that it's stopped it's sending us less right. is you know a bit childish really or um <laughs> And then you, then you say, uh, prove to Google that I have the correct solution for their user in that context. And if the solution, and that's, sorry, and I, I'm trying, coming back to what you said earlier on, if that solution is kind of cursory, 
i.e. what's the weather, then Google's going to keep it. Yeah, for sure. If it's qualified, deeper content, Google will give it to you. And if, if I mean, if, if, if I had one philosophical approach for the future, it would be that. And I hadn't thought about that before. So thank you very much. That's, that's what I'm here for. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I always have to do this to my guests. I have this little game that I do. So if you're an avid listener of this show, you know what I'm talking about. I call it optimize it or disavow it. So it's where I'm going to give you um, two really hard options and you have to sort of choose one or the other, two good options, and you got to throw one away. Or where I might give you two really bad options and you're stuck choosing a really, for lack of a better word, crappy option that you never want to do. <laughs> so this is a Jason Barnard version of optimize it or disavow it. So since we're talking about schema and markup and rich elements, if you're a commerce site and you're thinking about creating, you know, going into the world of markup, um, you have markup for products and you have, you have the, I'll call it the, the super sexy FAQ that just rolled out about a few months ago, whatever it was. If you can only do one of them, the product markup or the FAQ, which one would you do for a commerce site? Product. Product. Okay. Simply, be, well, simply because it's nearer to the the sale, and we're we're looking to make money. And I think <laughs> uh, we we get overexcited as SEOs and or as digital marketers with a new toy to play with. Voice search is another great example. Yeah. Um, you know, a few months, even just a few months ago, that was kind of talk of the town. Everyone oh my said, gosh. Voice search. Voice search. Voice search. We all got overexcited about it. It's actually just a toy for the minute. It's a toy. It really part. is. It really is a toy. I can ask it funny questions and it gives me funny answers back. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and uh, Stuart Rogers, in fact, was talking about that. We were talking about images earlier on. It was him who pointed out to me that we've been taking photos for 15 years. And so there is a mass of photos online that Google is now using. So that content is ready. So it's image search that's today. And right. voice search, which will be several years, maybe not 15, but it's a generational thing as well because younger people, the younger generation, now that I'm getting a bit older, <laughs> uh, are, are talking to their machines. And I find that a bit weird, but it's going to come through. It's going to filter through. So voice search today, no. Image search, yes. Yep. This comes into the multimedia idea. Um, and so the, 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 the coming back to what we were talking about, the FAQ thing, it's – it, it, it's completely exploded, and there were examples on Twitter I saw actually this morning where people was, it's actually got ridiculous. Yeah, I saw that uh, also so this morning about it, that. What was it, the travel site, whatever it was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Yo Yoast has implemented it within Gutenberg, so everyone's getting kind of jiggy right, with Right, 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 right. <laughs> so you've, but you've got 14 million sites that can now do this. Right. So kind of people are getting over it, and it's really easy. I mean, I did a test. No, yeah, it's, it's great. Or not great. Well, I was doing a training course for the for the Yoast Academy, right? And so I tried it out to see, and I was going. It, it takes, you know, it takes me the time to write the FAQ, right? And I click on a button, all the code is done, and I get my super duper rich FAQ thingy. So it's actually really easy when you're doing it within right. uh, a platform like Yoast, um, rather than the three hours it took me to write before, and there were still errors in it when I was checking it. In the, <laughs> in the um, so. You look at that and the FAQ, two problems, one of which it's um, too early in the buying process mm. to, to, to be the, the, the primary choice. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm right, saying right, right. do it. Um, it's also very good for after sales. Juliet Lewis was, uh, Judith, sorry, Lewis was talking to me about how often SEOs forget the after sales. And, and that's the thing as well. Oh, Satisfying your client from beginning, well, 
So attracting them, selling to them, and then after sales, we forget about that because the client might then leave a bad review. If they're looking for something specific about our product and we've forgotten to do our SEO and they can't find the answer to their problem with our product, they're going to get really annoyed. That's and a really so good the point. FAQ is incredibly for the, useful for that. So in fact, having said products, you could also say, depending on my situation, if I'm looking for sales, I would do products. And if I was looking to reassure a client base that looks a bit shaky, I'd go for FAQ on my FAQ for my product. Right. So that I can satisfy these clients and stop them complaining about me. Um, <laughs> so we, we've actually got a double answer and I hadn't really thought it through. No, I mean, that's I, a great, I, the, I never thought of that before. Using the FAQ as a way to like keep your client, client retention, keep them happy, keep them informed, keep them an easy way to get that help center out there. I never really thought of that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it really struck me um, how when Judith said that to me, I thought you just did the same thing. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, and then and you expand that out and you say, but FAQ is perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, I've actually got a client who's doing that at the moment. So kind of, I, I should really have put two and two together much earlier. Um, the, the FAQ is very powerful for that. I think it's being abused. Uh, I don't think it, it, if, if there is a, a big rollback or a penalty or whatever it might be, um, or, or, or a yeah, rollback rather. Right, whatever you want to call it. I got, I got you. I always do that. It's a penalty. Uh, it's not a penalty. Whatever. The motion. Well, not a penalty. Right. Rollback, I think it's better. Um, for, for questions, answers and questions about your products where you're helping your client, which are going to be very low volume and very brand specific, Google isn't going to roll that back because no. it's useful and helpful. Um, and and, and from, from that perspective, um, this client who I won't name uh, has a slight reputation problem because people aren't able to find the information after sales. And this is our solution. Uh, and we're going all out for that one. And, and, and in fact, having said, I just quite like that because my immediate reaction is products because it's close to uh, we all want to make money. <laughs> and that sounds real. It's a really nice soundbite. But in truth, I'm actually doing, I'm doing the FAQ. There we go. Wait, uh, this is a great example of SEO. It depends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That, that, that's my answer. Uh, I don't want to say it depends because you did. Thank you. I, I, I took the bullet for both of us on that one. <laughs> all right thank you jason i really appreciate you coming on this was so much fun brilliant no, it was it was amazing what a, an amazing set of questions and it really hit the points that i've been really really interested in the last few months and that that all these people have been on the podcast and i'm sure you're the same when somebody comes onto the podcast you sit there and you go wow yeah i hadn't <laughs> thought of that and then you get it all in your mind and i was talking to oh uh stephen van vessen and he was talking about the idea of uh, we all have the same pieces of the SEO jigsaw puzzle. Right. You just put it together differently. I like that. Uh, That's good. I, I like that idea. That's um, good. And so kind of I've got all these pieces from the last 76 episodes or whatever it is I've done, and they kind of falling into place. And as I'm talking to you, and you, you go, oh, that falls into place. Judith Lewis comes in with the FAQ. Right. And, you get the same thing. It's yeah. brilliant all the time. It's like brilliant. I, I, we did one a couple of weeks ago. And um, someone on the team was listening to it was like, hey, we should do that. I'm like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't catch it. Yeah, but we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Yeah. That was absolutely amazing, Marty. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. He is so much fun, by the way. His amazing, come on, that voice is amazing. I can listen to him sing for like forever. I, I would pay to hear him sing. <laughs> 
I would. <gasps> That's cute. It's so much fun, for real. I love talking to him. There's like for like, for realsies, if I can use like a millennial term, is that a real thing you guys I say? No, I don't know. Idea. For real. Ah, for real. For real. Okay. For realsies. <laughs> for realsies. <laughs> I feel like it's what my sister would say. For realsies. Oh wow. Um, there's like some people I feel after the, I interview them, like I need to keep up with them. Okay. And like pick their brains once in a while. He's definitely somebody I felt like I need to keep up with them. I got to pick their brain. Okay. Yeah. Great deal of SEO knowledge going on there. Which brings us, by the way, to our Rank Ranger community question of the week. Yay. Yay. Take it away, Sapir. Are rich results still worth it when they take traffic away from your site? Hmm. Hmm. Sorry. So think the FAQ. Think how-to markup. Do the formats still work for you when they take traffic away? away from your site meaning you have the faq there right right assuming you're not abusing with you know insanely irrelevant information the user gets the answer they may not need to click on your site and you can't blame google because you did that so is it still worth it (laughs) is it still worth having that rich result having the user feel happy wow look at this great result i got here on the serp right looking at your content fair enough but not making the click because of the markup that you used. That's an interesting question. No one to blame but yourself. Right. So let us know. Look for the Rank Ranger community question. It'll be in the blog that harbors the podcast. It'll be on Twitter, on the Rank Ranger Twitter account. You can find it on the Rank Ranger LinkedIn account. I'll tweet it. Sapir maybe will tweet it on this uh, mysterious (laughs) Twitter account that she has all of a sudden. That would be very helpful. It's a private. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, um, well... Here's a fun one for you now because we're not doing the news. Oh, wow. Heartbreak. Right? Heartbreak. Hey, let's hit it with the news, but we're not doing it because I'm do going to LavaCon. Do you see the single tear rolling down my cheek? Do you see it? I didn't, think, I didn't think you could cry. <laughs> see, it, it's that heartbreaking. I thought you have to have a heart first <laughs> to cry. Ouch. Wow. Morty. Okay. Okay. You just wait. Wait until next podcast. I'm going to go. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, we'll, we'll do it now. You're getting me back now, now with your SEO <laughs> send-off question. Because since we don't have the nudes, we're going directly to our fun SEO send-off question. And this week, I blame Sapir. What? I blame Sapir for this question. <laughs> I don't. Listen, e- it's a lousy question, but at least you admit okay. it. At least you okay, admit so 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 like a few days ago, I, yeah. Jennifer Aniston, you know who it is, right? Yes, I know who Jennifer Aniston is. Okay. I knew her about her before you were born. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, she opened an Instagram account. Wow. Yeah, and she my got, life like, is now complete. <laughs> she got the most like number most number of followers, I think, in an hour. I don't, I don't remember. She had really? like a Guinness, yeah, world wow. re- record. That's or something. some world record. I mean, there's that guy who grew those like, fingernails really long. <laughs> He's got a pretty good Guinness <laughs> world record. And then there's uh, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Right. Anyways, yeah. that's not the point. The point is that her first photo, like upload mm-hmm. that she uploaded, uh, was like a a reunion of all the original six cast members of Friends. Of what? Cast members. Of what? Friends. All oh, the TV show. Yes. Friends. That's a TV Come show. On, Morty. I got it. I actually kind of <laughs> can I be honest with you? Yeah. I never liked Friends. What? I never. I'll say. Was I not clear? What? I never liked Friends. I always thought it was annoying. Okay, you're weird. Which is That's why it. I find I'm this like... question annoying. So oh. why, don't we, why don't we ask the question? Oh, wait. So what was the question? Wait, oh, okay. you blinked out on the question? 
Oh, okay. Our so first Google... podcast back, okay, okay, you okay. blanked out so on the question. So if Google was a Friends character, mm-hmm. which one would it be? Um, um, Ross's dad. What? Yeah, um, Elliot Gould. I have no idea. See, that that, that's, I'm going old school on you. Elliot Gould is a famous actor. He was in MASH, the MASH but the movie. the character itself, it's so insignificant. Yeah. No, he's a great actor. And it, I, I... But Google. And it's random. Yeah. Ross's father. Right, because you know why? They both start with a G. Gould, Elliot Gould, and Google. I have no comment. Because about that. what else am I going to say? <laughs> like seriously, know. who? Um, um, the the Joey, funny guy. Maybe. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> Joey. Google is Joey because 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 Google is a horrible um, actor who's not funny and who is not a good actor. Is not funny, so therefore he's Joey. Amazing, amazing right? answer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe he's. Sh- you know what? I I changed my answer. <laughs> okay. I changed. I have the right. What's the guy's name? The um, the the main guy, Chandler. Chandler. Okay. He's not Ch- the main guy. All six of them are main. He's the main guy. Okay, Chandler. I say Google is Chandler because sometimes they're both annoying. You know what? He, Google is all of them because sometimes Google's annoying. <laughs> and that show's really annoying. That's my answer. Okay. Final answer? Yes, Regis. Final answer. <laughs> okay. Friends. Thank you, Morty. Um, oh, what's your question? No, wait. <laughs> you didn't give your answer. I have no answer. What kind of crap is this? <laughs> you only had four weeks to prepare this. You didn't give me four weeks. I thought you were making the the, the final. I haven't done the fun SEO question. question in like two months. Me neither. That was loud. <laughs> what do you mean, me neither? I'm always loud. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> to all our listeners. We'll have a better fun SEO send-off question next week. That was fun, though. That was fun, though. That was fun. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us. We're glad we're back. We're glad you're back. We're glad to be back. And we're glad to bring you an all-new episode next Tuesday. So check it out. This has been In Search because we're all in search of something. Take care now.